0: Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Cheryl Daniels, and I would like to introduce Lisa Subek, current incumbent and the Democratic candidate for Wisconsin Assembly District 78 in the November 8th general election. This candidate for office will be asked a set of questions prepared by League members, as will her opponent, to discuss at at the interview. So, to kick off our conversation, Lisa, what is your professional, educational, and civic background that qualifies you for the Wisconsin State Assembly, and why are you running? Well, thank you,
1: and thank you to the League of Women Voters for hosting us here today. Um, it has been my honor to serve the citizens of the 78th Assembly District for the last two years in my first term in the State Assembly. Um, during my first term, I was able to, despite some of the bipartisan channel, or some of the partisanship, um, was able to get a bill passed. Um, I also have worked on a couple other. Um, bipartisan efforts to get some other bills passed, some of which passed and some of which didn't. Um, so that's definitely been an exciting highlight of my first um term in office, certainly we face incredible challenges in the state legislature. Republicans have been attacking so much of what we value, whether it's women's rights, whether it's our public school system, um, whether it's our environment and our natural resources. um, We've really seen some significant attacks by Republicans to destroy what is good about our state. And so I've really spent most of my first two years in office standing up to Republicans, fighting for our core values, Um, fighting to ensure that we get back on track as a state and move Wisconsin forward again. I've been able to do that, drawing on some of my past experience. Um, I began my career, actually, in early childhood education, and I worked for the Head Start and Early Head Start programs, where I had the opportunity to work with low-income women and families um, who were, you know, in many ways struggling um, to tap into some of the opportunities that they really need to be able to tap into in order to be successful in our state. From there, I um, went to the YWCA, where I ran and coordinated transitional housing programs and shelter programs for women and families who either were homeless or at risk of homelessness. And during the time that I was working in those two positions, I constantly um, found that I was butting heads with what I thought of as broken systems. I could help one family at a time, navigate systems to try to get what they needed. But what I couldn't do was... Um, change that system so the next family that came along didn't have that same experience. And that's really what got me interested in public service. Um, I began doing policy advocacy work and I had the honor of serving as the executive director at NARAL Pro-Choice Wisconsin where I worked on women's health policy, working directly with folks in the state legislature, um, helped pass some really good reproductive health laws including our um, Healthy Youth Act which was a comprehensive sex education bill. Sadly, under Republican leadership. I've seen much of that um, destroyed at the hands of our current majority in the legislature. Um, from there, I decided to run for office. Um, I served on our Madison City Council for two terms and then was elected to the state legislature two years ago. And, yeah, as I said, it's been an honor to serve. I think that we have <clears throat> a tough road ahead of us um, as we work to try to rebuild Wisconsin, to try to undo so much of the damage that Republicans have been doing, and, you know, quite frankly, even just to stop the damage that they've been doing to our schools, our university, our environment, and our families.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, The outline of the Walker Administration's transportation budget proposal for the state already appears to be a contentious issue, even before the introduction of specific language to the legislature. From your review, what do you support as priorities for transportation issues in the budget outline, and what do you oppose and why? What do you believe should be done to close funding deficits in the transportation budget and why?
1: Sure. You know, it has been really frustrating to see the governor move forward um, as he prepares his budget for the upcoming session and dig in his heels on transportation. Um, One of the things that I hear from constituents time and time again is we have roads that are not in good condition when they drive on our interstates and even our county highways. They're encountering potholes that haven't been taken care of. They're encountering traffic challenges. They're um, encountering unfinished road projects, Verona Road, where the project has been dragging on, and now the governor wants to stall it and leave it essentially half done for an additional couple of years here. Um, and, you know, I think that's a great frustration. Um, I have um, been a supporter of a bill that was authored last session by one of my Democratic colleagues, Rob call that would have proposed a modest increase, a 5% increase in the gas tax, and then to, would also index that to inflation in years to come. Ultimately, what we need is we need a solution that is sustainable. And the governor in the last budget and the Republican majority in the legislature chose to follow his lead and simply borrow more, um, which, you know, we're already at an unsustainable level of borrowing for our transportation projects, but they decided to continue on that road, borrow more, and delay some projects. And that is getting us nowhere. We are simply putting transportation expenses on the credit card for future generations to pay, and we need to change that. Um, certainly, there are a number of other solutions that have been on the table as possibilities, including increases in registration fees, looking at tolling and a number of other um, options the Department of Transportation laid out, certainly the gas tax is a part of a bigger solution, but I think it's a really important and critical first step, and then I think we should keep everything else on the table. Take a look at how we meet the needs of our transportation system, how we care for and repair our crumbling infrastructure and move forward in a way that's sustainable um, so that we don't end up in in this position again in a couple of years.
0: Thank you. The likely Republican majority leadership in the Wisconsin Assembly has brought forward an agenda for the upcoming two-year legislative session. What is your opinion of this agenda? What specific items might you support or oppose and why?
1: Sure. You know, I think that it's been interesting watching the Republicans roll out their agenda, um, certainly as they do it during election time. Because so I think one of the challenges that we've seen is Republicans like to pay lip service to things like college debt. Um, but when you look at their plans, what what their plans don't do is actually provide relief for the student loan borrowers who are sitting there with Uh, insurmountable debt with debt that they can't pay. You know, they don't look at things like refinancing that debt. Instead, coming up with sort of, what's the word, like Band-Aids or, um, you know, sort of the, the, the fancy approach that's going to, you know, throw something up there. You know, we did see Republicans in the legislature say they want to move forward on transportation solutions. And on one hand, I'm excited about that. On the other hand, I have real concerns because two years ago, We were sitting here in the exact same position as we are now on transportation, and what happened was that we got nowhere. Um, Republicans followed the governor's lead, decided to kick the can down the road, and pass yet another unsustainable plan. So here we are at election time, and we see Republicans in the state assembly saying, yes, we're on board, we want to, we want to find solutions. They're criticizing Walker's plan. Um, I'm a little concerned that after election day, that's not what we will see from them, because clearly they had this opportunity two years ago, and they didn't take it What? I, I'm not sure what leads me to believe that they would really do differently this time around. However, if they do, I would, be, I would look forward to working with them on that. Okay.
0: What issue areas through committee work and legislation introduction do you wish to make a priority for yourself
1: if you are elected
0: this term and why?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think one of the absolute critical priorities has to be how we fund our K-12 schools. Um, you know, we have a broken, unfair funding system. It's based on an incredibly complex formula that, um, really, I'm not sure anybody <laughs> understands at this point. Um, you know, Tony Evers, our superintendent of schools, has proposed a fair funding plan that makes a lot of sense. So certainly I would support that or something that looks like that. Um, but it goes beyond that. It goes to the cuts Republicans have made. You you know, it's not, no longer just about this broken formula, but now what we've seen in the last several years is continuous cuts to our public schools, more money that should be going into our public schools being sent to private, unaccountable voucher schools. Um, and, you know, we're looking at $80 million in lost funding for our public schools going to these private schools over the course of the next 10 years. We have to turn that around. We cannot afford to fund two school systems. Um, Similarly, we need to start prioritizing our university. Republicans cut so much money from the university last time around. Um, Now they're talking about restoring a small slice of that funding, but they cut over $100 million. I mean, it's just a small slice of that funding coming back is not enough to make up the difference. We have to start valuing education and recognizing what education, both on the K-12 level, and the university level contribute to our communities and to our state's future.
0: Okay. What are one or two of your personal qualities that make you the best candidate for voters in your district to support?
1: Sure. So, you know, when I think about the things that enable me to do my job well, um, first off, I'm a fighter. I'm not opposed to getting up and fighting, standing up for the things that matter most. And I think that I've done that well in the legislature. However, that said, I also know when to reach out and work with others. I've had the opportunity to really do both of those things when we're talking about our core issues, when we're talking about um, the future of folks in our state, when we are talking about some of those core progressive values, education, women's rights, workers' rights, I am leading the fight on those issues. And because I did organizing work before I got to the legislature, I think that put me in an even better position to be able to lead those fights. I understand how to get up, get up and be heard, make my voice heard, speak out, not just for me, but for my constituents. Um, At the same time, I do know that there is a time when you need to be able to reach across the aisle and work together. And I've had um, the joy of doing that. Um, You know, I had a transportation bill that I was working on to make it easier for folks with disabilities to um, utilize taxi cab service. And I was able to reach out to some Republicans and say, look, this is what I'm trying to do. This is something that came about because a constituent contacted me and had a problem, and I want to help them solve it, and was able to find where we did have common ground and work together. And I think that, you know, really understanding that there is a time to get up and fight passionately and not not to compromise our values, yet there is also a time to be able to find where we do have that common ground work together and get things done.
0: Okay. And what would you like to say directly to the viewing audience as we are completing this interview?
1: Sure. So I guess, you know, I would say it's been a real honor to serve the 78th Assembly District. It has just been A joy, um, even with the challenges that we face, I think that it's been a real joy to be able to um, represent my constituents, to be able to work for my neighbors, to be able to stand up for the things that we value most, and to really be working to get Wisconsin back on track to say, hey, not only do we need to defeat the Walker and Republican agenda, but we need to be working to ensure every Wisconsinite has economic and educational opportunities that they can tap into so that everybody can achieve the American dream. All right.
0: I want to thank Lisa Zubek for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please remember to vote in the November 8th general election. On behalf of Madison's City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.